All right. Everybody, uh, welcome to this brand new slash kind of old podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. Uh, you may have noticed a different name. Um, and a different well, logo. And different. a different platform. And you know what? Just different. <laughs> yeah, everything is different. Um, after the old podcast kind of fell to the wayside and some technical difficulties with the host client we were using. Uh, we kind of walked away from it from a bit, but uh, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we very much decided that we wanted a uh, fresh start. And so here we are with, uh, with our newly formed podcast, the 30. Yeah. Hold on. Oh God. I was about to say that wrong. The 302 uh, geek. Geek Crew podcast. So yes, here we are. Yes. Here we are. Yeah. Um, first of all, I hope everybody is staying safe during this time. Yes, um, please. I hope so too. Yes. I, you know, this almost plays like one of those survival video games, except you don't really have to kill anybody to survive. You just have to buy a bunch of toilet paper. Yeah, I, I'm not going to understand the toilet paper thing. Like, I don't for the life of me, I just can't understand why like toilet paper became such a commodity. And that goes the same one. Like we have storms and stuff and it's like, Oh, I'm going to go get all the milk and bread. Like what, what are you going to do with all that? Like make French toast. I, 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 I mean, is if you toast the with it. Deal? is the French toast, is French toast that big of a deal though? Not to me, but to somebody it is. Oh, that's that is wild. I don't know, but, man. Um, yeah, strange times. But the silver lining of these strange times, it 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 has brought us back together. Um, that is not has. only Kyle and I, but hopefully everybody that used to listen to us before on our old podcast. And uh, we hope to deliver more of the same content, but we're gonna kind of broaden it a little bit more. Um, with gaming and stuff like that, and a little more personal insight into what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're playing, video game-wise, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, basically just, uh, you know, a little a little look into the N-word machinations of uh, your host. So, uh, without delay, uh, let's get right into the gaming news. First up here, gaming news. So, so hey, do you you want to lead us off or should I lead? <laughs> uh, go ahead, Kyle. You first, I insist. All right. And the segment of gaming news here, we have uh, PlayStation has started an initiative called the Play at Home Initiative that uh, basically I think it started last, I think it started last week, but um, they are giving away freely for anybody that has a PlayStation 4 on their PlayStation Store, the Uncharted Nate, <clears throat> sorry, the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection, which includes Uncharted Drake's Fortune, that's one, Uncharted 2, Among Thieves, and Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. And the oh, three uh, incredible games, by the way. Very, very incredible games. And also the indie hit Journey. I don't know if you've ever played it or not. I did. It's a pretty cool game very neat um i would definitely say it's worth downloading too especially for free and so, it, okay and then my, 
And it's yeah, it's starting on the fifteenth, and you have until May fifth to download it. Yeah, I, I can say I did download um, Journey. I already own the uh, Uncharted the three pack. Um, that was actually a Games with Gold, not Games with Gold. That's Xbox, PlayStation Plus. Um, right. Download a few months ago. I think it was last month, wasn't it? It, it might have been. Time is, time has been weird lately. For that, us yeah, all. Everything kind of feels like it's just mashing together. So I get that. Um, so. no, but uh, two very excellent games. If you do have a PlayStation Four and, and you need something to pass the time, it's very much worth downloading both those games. Also included with this um, initiative that PlayStation has going on is also the um, excuse me, is the Game Makers Play at Home initiative, which includes a $10 million fund to support independent game developers, which I think is pretty neat, given the fact that um, with everything going on, these small businesses have been hit really hard. A lot of people have been furloughed or they, you know, where they can't work at home or whatever. But um, I imagine even though a lot of game developers can probably move their operations to their employees working at home like these smaller independent game makers can definitely use this you know use a part of this 10 million dollars that sony is setting aside for it so i think that's very cool as well yeah yeah that it's it's a great idea and it's a it's a great example of the geek community kind of reaching out and trying to take care of one another uh, I think next on the list, uh, Supermassive Games released a new trailer for Little Hope, the second entry into their Dark Pictures horror anthology. Uh, the game's going to release sometime in the summer of 2020. Um, for those who are unaware, the first entry to the Dark Pictures anthology was titled Man of Maiden. Maiden? I, I I don't know how to. I I don't know if it's Maiden, Maiden, or Madan, but um. Yeah, it, uh, I, well, one, have you played it? No, I have not. It is on my list to play. Um, I'll get into that a little bit towards the end of the segment. I, I've been stuck on one game for a while. No, that's fine. Um, so when I heard about this, I was very excited because Supermassive Games is a, was another kind of small, I guess, double A or, yeah, I guess you can call them double A, like a double A studio that made a, um, had a sleeper hit, what was called Until Dawn, which if no one, if you guys haven't played it, if you're listening to it and you're like wondering what it is, it, it, um, I guess the best way it's, uh, like you definitely get to choose the, you choose what your character does. And like, it kind of plays out like a cinematic movie more. Well, it plays out as a game, but definitely more cinematic, but I thought it was very good. It was something that was very different in respects of what the goal was, but it was, the story was great. It's, it's definitely plays out like a horror game, but, um, yeah, I was really excited to hear when, uh, Supermassive announced this and I did play Man of Madon and I thought it was, it was good. Not great. It definitely got a very lukewarm reception, which is understandable. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that little hope has a better reception and you know it, it's maybe a little bit more of a better story. I'm not going to say better story because I did like the story for Man of Madan, but maybe something that's more 
uh, we'll say a little bit more broader for more people to come into. But uh, yeah, I would definitely suggest getting Until Dawn if you can. And this is a game that I look forward to from another uh, rather small studio. Actually, if I'm remembering right, I think Sony, I want to say I think Sony did buy Supermassive games. I'm not sure. I, I'd have to go back and check. But um, yeah, it's, so they put a trailer out for the second installment of it, which is called Little Hope. And um, it looks good. And I would definitely like you guys to check that out. And we'll post it on the Facebook page. So, um, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> and I, I don't think you got a chance to play it, did you? No, no. Um, okay. it, it, is on my, it is on my list to check out. I'm sure I can pick it up through the PlayStation Store. Right, uh, right. That's okay, an interesting thing can. right now. You used to maybe go into Amazon or GameStop or, or Best Buy, a place like that to pick up and check out games, and you can usually find some stuff used. <clears throat> at a fairly good price but right now with everything shut down our lifeline to get games is literally the playstation store no i mean well so not exactly i i get what you're saying for like so at least i'll put it this way like for, like as terms of di direct uh access i would say yes you can still like order off of GameStop.com and they'll do like curbside pickup and you can still order off of Amazon, but it might, you know, even if you have prime, it may not be like the two, three day shipping you're used to since they're prioritizing essential things over, you know, games and stuff of that nature. Or as the one union guy, or at least the one guy that um, is trying to strike against Amazon said, you know, Toys for kids, understandable. Dildos are not essential. No, no, I'm sorry. They're not. Um, so. Neither is a lot of things that I would normally buy. Honestly, you don't need to buy a whole new wardrobe off of Amazon or stuff like that. It's, you know, get the essentials from there. Um, a lot of, some mom and pops, um, smaller businesses are still doing like you said, curbside pickup or shipping, their physical storefront might be down, but I would advise, you know, supporting for the stuff you don't absolutely need. I would advise, you know, going to the, those stores and purchasing from, from those type of stores to try and keep them afloat uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm in agreement with that. Um, I yeah I don't have a real desire to order anything from GameStop just because with the news of how they wanted their people to stay open amidst the pandemic and not buying them supplies and stuff and all that it, it's just a real turnoff for that so I mean to be honest any everything that I've gotten video game wise recently anyway. I've gotten right off the PlayStation store and one, it, it lessens the risk of, you know, me having to leave my house to go, you know, go out in public and, and kind of take that risk. And for two, it's honestly for the stuff that I've been buying, it's been convenient. Right. Because it's going to be the same price as GameStop. So I could, wake up in the morning go i want to download this game today 
start the download, you know, I, I've been working from home, do some work, come down, check on it a couple hours later, and, you know, it's there. It's been pretty convenient that way. Right. Yeah, totally understandable. And actually, that's a good segue, because uh, speaking of that, in the past week, um, we got uh, several remakes I know a bunch of my friends have been excited about it. Um, Final Fantasy VII right. remake came out, and so did the Resident Evil 3. And I think the week before was Doom Eternal. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, Doom Eternal was like the week before, and then, or at least a, I think a couple weeks ago, and then Final Fantasy and Resident Evil 3 dropped early last week or the week before that. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, the the remake, it's definitely on my radar. I have, I think, one game, one more game after they beat the game I'm currently on before I get to it. So hopefully I'll see a bit of a price drop from the initial launch, but I kind of doubt it. I think that it's going to stay that price clear through the Christmas season. It's been so popular. You think think it'll, it'll stay that price that long? I think once you get into the holiday sales, you'll see a price drop on it. But as far as the remainder of the spring and through summer, I don't think you will. No, that's fair. I can kind of understand that. Um, Yeah, as far as Final Fantasy VII goes, definitely I played it when I was younger, you know, the original PlayStation 1, and it was cool. I'll, I'll get it at some point, but I'm in no, I'm not in a rush. And I, I know I have one of my favorite games. I don't think it's my absolute favorite game that I've ever played, but but I mean it is. It's probably up there in the top ten, if not top five. Um, I know I have a few friends that that was their favorite video game of all time. So um, even before all this broke out, they had actually had scheduled vacation lined up with the release date. I remember actually, those days. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't been able to do that in years, but I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not questioning whether it's good or not. Cause I feel like it, it, it is, but, um, cause I have a lot of friends, like, you know, you said that are raving about it and stuff. I just, it's just, it's on my radar, but it's not a, um, must play now title for me. And like I said, down the road, maybe when it goes down in price or something, I'll pick it up. But uh, just not at this exact moment. Yeah. Um, do you want to do the next news story? Well, I was going to ask you about Final Fan uh, or Resident Evil Three and Oh, okay. Internal as well. Like, uh, uh, to be honest, um, loved Resident Evil Two is probably one of my favorite video games of all time. Right. I did not enjoy enjoy three as much three is actually kind of down there on the list for me yeah um now are you you talking like originally or like the remake originally i haven't seen the remake or anything yet but as far as storyline is as far as the actual game itself um i enjoyed four and six four six and i think seven no not not seven, four and six, probably the most after two. And then the original one is, it, it's up there, but it's not quite as high. Right. 
But yeah, I think Resident Evil 2 is probably my favorite game of all time. But um, I haven't heard too much on people who have played Resident Evil 3 because of Final Fantasy. Everybody seemed to gravitate towards that. Um, so I haven't really seen too many reviews for it. I'm sure it looks great. It's probably a much smoother play right. than the original. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played myself. In fact, I haven't played any, any of the three games mentioned, but, uh, I have been listening around about Resident Evil 3 and I heard that it's kind of short, like between, actually I've heard people say it, it can be beat between three to five hours and that it was kind of, oh, excuse me. It was kind of met with, uh, a lukewarm reception. And uh, it was one of those games. It. What's that? It was a shorter game to begin with, really. Compared I, to 2, you came off 2, and 2 is the dual disc where you had to play through with multiple characters and stuff like that. And I think it was part of the reason why 3, I don't think, was as successful, at least to me, was the fact that coming off 2, 3 was such a short quick game and the storyline just wasn't as compelling as two was what's that and then they fixed the they fixed it with four four was a longer game it was a bit more challenging but the storyline was much better well I, from what i've understand it it sounds rumor is that, that obviously resident evil four is next up for a re a remake or whatever and um that was playstation 2 wasn't it no actually it came out on gamecube first i believe yeah and then it made its way to other systems but um yeah it came out originally on gamecube first and you know that was you know that was the big brouhaha when that came out because it really changed the scope and the um yeah, it changed the scope of the game. So, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Resident Evil 3 was another game that, like I said, when it goes on sale, I'll probably get. Because I did very much enjoy Resident Evil 2. And I know I played Resident Evil 3 on the original, when it originally came out. But um, I'm also kind of drawing a blank. So, yeah, I'll get it when it goes down in price. Which now brings us to Doom Eternal. Um, did you play Doom 2016? No, I didn't. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm. some people may be upset with me over this. I have not played a Doom game since, I think, the original PlayStation. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. It, Re- really? Really? Yeah, well, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say really, but because if it's your if it's your thing, it's your thing. But it kind of sounds like you're eh, about them. Yeah, I, I I just never really got too much into it. Um, it's gonna be one of those things that with Doom Eternal and maybe some of the old Doom games is maybe they come avail available on the PlayStation Plus or, or something like that. I may pick it up. But uh, not not anything that I'm <clears throat> filming at the mouth to go out and get right now. Um, going on to the next article, I think we're pretty much done with Doom Eternal unless you got anything else. 
Uh, well, what I was going to say was uh, Doom 2016 was surprisingly good because kind of like you, I wasn't – I played Doom games. They were like, eh, all right. The last – the one before I played Doom 2016 was probably Doom 64. But, um, no, Doom 2016 was really good. And, uh, like, really good. I'm not, like, jumping out of my shoes to go buy Doom Eternal. But I that's another one I will get. Like I said, just because the way things are with – oh, excuse me. Excuse me. The way that things are with the economy and stuff right now, I'm just going to hold off until they, they drop in price. But, um. I do really want to get those three games, but uh, just to get back on track here a little bit, Doom Eternal, I've heard very good things about. I've heard that it's been basically a, just like a, a very good improvement over Doom 2016. And I haven't heard anybody complaining about it. I've heard only really good things. So I am looking forward to playing it at some point. All right. Well, uh, just for the sake of keeping it moving along, uh, PS4 exclusive Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the T's silent. Yeah, we'll for, forgo the use of waypoints and instead we'll have players rely on the environment landmarks to find their way. So I found that. So, pretty is this an open world game? I'm not that familiar. Yes, it's um, so it's actually so Ghost of Tsushima is supposed to come out June of this year. I haven't heard anything about it being delayed or anything like that as of now, but uh, yes, it's a, it's, it's an open world samurai game pretty much. And um, I mean, if you haven't seen the trailers for this and we'll, I'll post some on the Facebook page again. Uh, it looks great. It's like visually stunning. Looks great. I'm looking forward to the story. But I found that was pretty cool that they're gonna just forego having like waypoints on the map where you you know usually you bring up your map and then if you got to go somewhere, oh look here's the waypoint. Click on the waypoint and it'll give you, you know it'll it'll be on the map. Of, this is the way you need to go. And instead they're like, hey listen, we're just gonna leave you to your own devices. Like you got to look for landmarks and stuff we're not going to tell you where to go so i thought that was pretty cool a little bit of interesting trivia for ghost of, uh, ghost of tsushima so I, I like the idea as long as it's kind of easier to at least know where to find the landmarks and stuff like that right um as a person that plays some open world games um i know that the way they've been going towards it is more of really giving you the freedom to do whatever you want within the world. But giving you abilities like fast travel, um, stuff like that, a a map where you can still kind of, even if you don't click on a, you know, a, uh, a landmark or anything, you can kind of put a little, your own kind of waypoint so you could at least kind of, you know, you know, you're going in somewhat the right direction, right? And you're in the right area of the open world map. Um, I could see it getting really frustrating if you're spending hours upon hours just trying to find something for one mission. That would be my only concern. I I get that, but also I don't I don't think it, at least it 
it seems like something that's kind of it may take a little bit more thought than usual but i can't see it being that difficult you know especially if like let's say you're talking to an npc and they're like oh you have to go you have to go east and then once you find like the hill with a tree on it then you go this way you're kind of like okay that that's doable and so i see it being more like that than anything else but who knows we'll find out when the game comes out and like i said it's supposed to be out in june this year but um we'll if they're going to cancel, I guess they got to announce it in the next couple of weeks. Speaking of cancellations and delays, takes us into our next news story. The Last of Us 2 and Iron Man VR have been delayed indefinitely. Um, I was actually personally looking forward to Iron Man VR and considered buying the VR setup for PlayStation to play that game. Um, now that that's now kind of disappointing because if all the the newer the next generation of systems is coming out within the next year and this game gets pushed out eight months from now it's almost it's going to kind of shy you away from even buying the stuff to be able to play it if you don't already own it so it's really gonna it it's going to isolate a whole part of the fan base that that would have played that game had it come out when it was supposed to. Uh, no, yeah, I, I get that. Um, unfortunately, too, I I was so as far as Iron Man goes, like I was like, hey, that's a cool premise, you know, Iron Man VR that you know you, you pilot the suit, that's pretty neat. Um, I wasn't really going to get the VR headset only because I, I it sounds like they're like PlayStation VR 2 is coming at some point but I, I don't know it just I guess the whole VR thing has not really appealed to me but again you know it's uh it's one of those things where it's just like it's you know it's a cool concept and I I hope that it does come out eventually and it does work out for the developers that made it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully that comes out sooner than later. You know, it could, it could be a supply chain issue with getting it out on time. And, and maybe that's why they delayed it indefinitely. Cause right now we don't know when we're going to be back to normal and normal supply chains and stuff like that. Right. Um, the Last of Us 2 um, I did read a story on that and they said that was delayed indefinitely that was supposed to come out what in the next two months I believe within the next two months I think it was actually supposed to come out uh, maybe like two three weeks from now yeah I think it was supposed to come out in May sometime and that yeah like you said that got pushed back indefinitely and that more so to the fact that the Sony came out and said it's because their logistical issues with trying to get physical copies out there. So, I mean, that's that. But I also have heard rumblings about them possibly talking about like a digital release. And I, I, me personally, I'd be okay with that. But I also know, I, I guess it's also a numbers game and a money game. So, 
I guess just from a marketing perspective and money perspective, you would want to wait so you'd be able to release your physical copies too. But yeah, because most sometimes they have the day one editions, they have the ultimate editions or whatever, which is kind of like a box set. Right. Well, where you like get for more the, stuff. For example, I bought um, I bought the collector's edition for Ghost of Tsushima. So it comes with like a statue, a, a mask, the art book, I think, and a couple other things. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's basically just like I get that. So and again, if like Ghost Ghost of Tsushima gets canceled. Then you're just, I'm kind of like, all right, well, what do I, you know, do I get refunded my money? Do I just let it sit there? Well, because Amazon doesn't charge you until it's delivered for pre-orders. But, um, yeah, yeah so I, I get it. I get it. it. It just sucks, though, because I would have no issue downloading it, you know, but. And maybe getting the collector stuff at a later date. Yeah, exactly. I know a few people did the same thing with Final Fantasy VII. And it seemed like the consensus was, let me download it day one if I have to, and send me the physical stuff when you can. Right. Yeah. And, and I, then I we order along with it. I think that's not a bad idea either. Like, hey, if here's a collector's edition, we're gonna you're getting all the physical stuff, but let give like here's a here's a digital code too, so that way, you know, if you, if if someone's like a real hardcore collector, they don't have to open it. Everything's in there, but you have the digital code, so you can play it anyways. Even if the, you know, the stuff for the collector's edition is is being delayed. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, maybe that's something to consider doing with the Last of Us too. Is releasing it digitally first. Yeah, movies have been doing that for a while now. Before you can buy the physical movie, you know, Blu-ray and Right, Whatever right. The, the digital release has been has been a predecessor to the physical release for a while now, and I think it's usually by like two weeks, isn't it? Two or three weeks. But I know I, I don't think I bought a physical Blu-ray in years. I just I buy I buy everything through Vudu pretty much. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I kind of feel, I know there are people that still like tangible physical objects, but I feel just like digital has become closer to the norm now than physical has become less the norm, if that makes sense. Well, what I've always liked about the digital platform, whether video games, music, movies, um, is the fact that once you own it on a platform, you can access that platform from anywhere. So you could stream it on your phone. You could bring right. it up somewhere. You can watch it, watch it, or listen to it that way. Um, you can kind of move games between consoles. Like let's say you busted one PlayStation Four and you go to another one. You know you're not. Once you own that game, you own it for life on, the, on that account, so you can download it to wherever you really want to download it. And, 
and I've always kind of liked that aspect and that freedom of it rather than have the fit, need a physical disc. Right. I get that, yeah. Um, speaking of PlayStation, uh, I think it was the end of last week, they showed us the official PS5 controller named the DualSense. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I didn't do too much reading on it. It didn't, from the pictures, it didn't look too terribly different from the PlayStation 4 controller. It you, didn't you look think any- it, I think it looks pretty different, man. I I, I only saw it in passing. Uh, so. Okay, well, it, it, take take another look at it, man. It definitely is definitely different from the, the DualShock 4 and it kind of seems like a hybrid between an Xbox con- between an Xbox and PlayStation controller. Uh, so it's a little uh, it's a little bit of a bigger controller. That's the one it, thing it, I like it, about it PlayStation like it, over Xbox is the Xbox looks, controllers are just a little too bulky. It it looks like it is a little bit of a bigger controller, but they when they released the pictures, there was nothing next to it to compare size. So yeah. So kind of at a loss, but so yeah, the Dual Sense apparently it's. It, I think it's a nice looking controller. It's like two tone, white and black, and I didn't get into the features all that much. I I know like it has haptic feedback, and they were using um, Horizon Zero Dawn as like a reference to like so when you're pulling a bow back in like a video game, you'll really mm-hmm. feel that stress in the controller. Uh, that's cool. Um, I did see oh, it had a built-in microphone. Have, the The controller will have a built-in microphone too. Yeah, that always kind of freaked me out playing like MLB, uh, MLB twenty. I think on uh, PlayStation Four, is your base coach just talking to you through the controller? <laughs> and and that's one of the few games where it really I've noticed that feature so far. On at least the DualShock 4 controllers, but being able to give voice commands at the same time when you're playing through the controller, I think, can lead to some pretty innovative gameplay. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the goal. So we'll see. I'm not, I'll have to sit down and look at the specs again. Nothing like that I saw. I was kind of like, ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But I wasn't like, over the moon excited about everything I saw. It's kind of like, okay, that's cool. It is what it is. All right. Um, leads to kind of the last segment here for uh, video games is what have we been playing to pass the time? Kyle, you want to take first crack? What have we been playing? Uh, so I've been on a Horizon Zero Dawn kick the last week or so. That's actually the next game I planned on playing. Uh, it's good. It's good. I, you know, when it, I can't, when I, when it first came out, I got it. Didn't really get into it. Um, and just like it would just became another game on my backlog. And then, um, I'm sorry, I don't know if you can hear that. That's like the train that's coming through the neighborhood. But um, so with the whole quarantine and self isolating thing. I'm I'm now home like four days out of five, so I was like I gotta find something to keep busy. So I decided to go I decided to go through my backlog and 
So yeah, this the last week and a half has been Horizon Zero Dawn, and I I feel like I'm real late to the party because it's it's such a good game. It's so good. The story's great. Yeah, that, really that's amazing. what I've heard about it. I heard it was it was it was a fun gameplay. <clears throat> it was challenging enough to to satisfy that urge, but it wasn't frustratingly challenging where. If you're trying to, if you're in it for the long haul, you want to throw your controller through the TV. So, I do enjoy challenging gameplay. I hate when it gets to the point where it gets so frustrating that you just walk away from it. No, I, I get that. Um, it it it's not by any means like I mean they they do have a once you beat it the first time you can you get access to the game plus mode. Uh, where you start over with your current level and your current whatever you have on you at the time. Yeah, and um, you can play a new game plus or they have like the new game plus and it's, I think it's like ultra hard mode. Hmm. So, I mean, there's an option for you too, but I, I mean, my first playthrough was not, I wouldn't say it was hard. I think, and in fact, when you go into the settings, it might, it tells you what each difficulty would be like i think i put mine the first go through was like um i think it was normal because it allows you to focus on the story and whatnot a little bit more than having to focus on fighting and whatnot Uh, normally when i play video games the first run through i normally play them on on just the normal difficulty i i know people that go automatically go to the hardest difficulty they can on a game right it's just never been me i I've always gone for just kind of the normal because I want the storyline as well, and I want to kind of enjoy that. Um, yeah, I totally get that. So for the past three weeks, and I believe my wife thinks I legitimately have a problem now, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, it was actually one on the uh, PlayStation Plus free games within the past two months. And with that, you got the season pass and you also got the, uh, you got the fate of Atlantis and legacy, the first blade expansions with it. That's Uh, beefy. Yeah. So I've been playing through that and the Assassin's Creed games up to this point for me, were always kind of touch and go. I didn't hate them, but I didn't absolutely love them. I will say this game I absolutely love to the point where I have a legitimate problem with starting the play and realizing it's four hours, five hours later every time I pick up the controller. Yeah, that sounds um, pretty immersive then. Yeah. Um, it's got the open world concept. Um, the storyline I thought was really, really well done. I beat the original story mood and um, the one thing that kind of struck me weird is one of the main things that you're trying to do in this game is you're hunting these people for the cult of cosmos and you don't have to hunt every one of them to beat the game. You can actually beat the main story before you take out the cult which was interesting to me which, which is the way I ended up playing and I know some people did it the other way they wouldn't once they got about three quarters to the game you can kind of tell when you're getting towards the end and um 
and they decided to stop playing the main missions and just go after the cult. I, I kind of more stayed with the main missions, but that's interesting. It's cool because um, some of your choice, a lot of your choices do affect the outcome of the game. So completely by chance, by chance, I actually didn't purposely do the do it this way, but the, all the decisions I made throughout the game actually led to what I ended up reading after I beat it was the best possible ending, which was an entire family reuniting. But uh, it could have been a lot different had I made, you know, one or two different choices. So um, I'm currently playing through the legacy of the first blade and the fates of atlantis atlantis gets a little wild and far-fetched first blade is kind of more of the same from the original game with expanded missions and kind of a new side story the atlantis is just wild and it more lends to the entire franchise than it does the individual game with going into you know the group that keeps going in the animus to go back and see the different assassins through time and stuff like that. It more plays into that than it does. It, it really doesn't care too much about the regular game. I, it does and it doesn't. You know, you, you're still kind of playing in Greece, but you're kind of almost playing in like the afterlife and you're dealing with advanced technology now and a lot of crazy stuff. Um, like I said, it, it, it's been fun. Um, once I think I beat the two expansions, which I'm probably not too far off of, um, next was going to be Horizon, Zero Dawn, and uh, Final Fantasy VII after that. So it's been keeping me pretty busy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I got that – couple of weeks ago actually before the pandemic started or at least we were being told to stay inside one other game that i want to suggest is that since uh since it was senua sorry yeah senua senua's sacrifice hellblade senua's sacrifice um i didn't see that on the playstation store and i remember you saying something about it i became very obsessed with it I played, actually, I, I think I beat it like four or five times. It's not a long game, but it it's really good. Um, yeah, I will say, if you get, sorry, going back to the Assassin's Creed yeah, Odyssey, if yeah. you get involved with the side missions, you could easily invest 80 hours in it before you beat the game. I, I've heard people say that before. It, it's about as expansive as far as what you're able to do in all the side missions as like the Elder Scrolls to me. And like I, I was a huge Skyrim fan and stuff like that, but that game is the same way. I mean, you really had to put time into that game to beat it. And to actually fully experience the game, you had to put a lot of time into it. I've heard that before. Um, before I get back to Hellblade real quick, I, I I think like the Assassin's Creed games just were getting like, you had to become, get so involved in it, I kind of gave up on it. I think, I think 
Assassin's Creed 3 was the last one I really played. I want to say that's the last one I really played. And I thought it was all right, but I kind of just fell out with it. But um, Senua's Sacrifice is just, it's so good. It's, it's a game, the, the game was basically built on the platform of people experience what it's like to have mental illness. And, and in this one in particular, it's like a, the, the main character, Senua, she suffers from like a schizophrenia. So like through the games, you hear like all these different voices that are in her head and it's, it's just really good. It's really good. And I think people, if they can afford it, if they want to try it, it's, or just like even check out the trailer for it or YouTube video. It's so oh. worth getting very worth getting very worth playing. Hey. After hearing you talk about it, it's definitely going to go on my list. And uh, for right now, we have no clue when life's really going to go back to normal. Yeah, Full normal. Anyway, so it could be a summer of video games, really. So plenty of time I, to play. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're playing right now. Uh, feel free to weigh in on the Facebook page if you play those games and want to have a conversation about them. I'm sure, with the games Kyle and I mentioned, we would probably talk about them most of the day. Yeah. Um, or if you have any suggestions about things we should play or check out. Yeah. Um, our next segment, by the way, we're going to try and do the show in segments. That way we're trying to keep a little more organized than we were in the past. Um, guys, I promise we will get better at this as we go on. We just, we're knocking the rust off. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely plenty of rust. Um, we're going to move on to movie news. Um, it's been a very strange time um, for movies, for Hollywood, for yeah, stuff being released. Um, I, I, will say that I do like the fact that some of the stuff that was due to come out instead of pushing it back has been released digitally early. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, that's I, and, and, that whole digital thing. That's going to become the model, I think. You know what? I, I don't totally hate that, though. No, neither um, do I. Neither do I. For the big movies, um, it's no secret. Anybody that's friends with this knows that a lot of the Marvel stuff were at the first, you know, opening night for a showing and stuff like that. And we usually go in a group and it's a great time. But sometimes you want to go to a movie and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I'd kind of rather pay. I, I'd pay 10 or 10 bucks or whatever, the same price as a movie to watch it at my house and have access to it for maybe 24 hours. Or something like that where I can kind of pause and stuff like that. Um, I, honestly, I think it's a good model. I, I don't want to see regular movie theaters go away by any means. Neither, but I don't hate the model of releasing digitally for, you know, rent or something for 20, 24 hours. I think some of them have been doing where you can get, instead of going out to the theater and stuff like that you can watch a brand new movie on your couch i no, i i i like the model but i also feel like there are 
so here's an example. Like, I don't think watching Interstellar at home for the first time would have the same impact as watching Interstellar at a movie theater. No, it, it definitely would not. There, there are certain things like Endgame would not have had the same impact on me watching right. it at home as, as it did in the theater. Not only, you know, the, the better screen, graphics, sound system, but the kind of community experience too. Yep. Or stuff I like totally that. Agree with that. But then, you know, there certain, you know, comedies, some, you know, stuff like that. I, I wouldn't mind doing the direct to home model for this. No, exactly. I, I again like um kind of a tough one I was on the wall against was I Marvel moving well we'll we'll get to that in a little bit, but um yeah, it's just it's a hard time for movie theaters right now and like AMC sounds like it's about to go under. Yeah, we'll we'll bump that story right up to the top because I think that's really important because it's not going to be too far until you see some of the other big chains, Cinemark, Regal, kind of follow suit on this. But uh, AMC Theaters came out, I think, the end of last week or beginning of this week. I think um, they're I likely it was like last week, but yeah, no, they're okay. likely going to head towards filing for bankruptcy and. Uh, you may never see an AMC theater again after this. This all goes back to normal. Yeah, which is kind of a, it's a bummer at least for me because like, uh, and I guess for you too if you've been there, but like where we live in Delaware, like right over the PA line on two hundred two, there's Painters Crossing, and they they're that theater is an AMC dine-in theater, and I've had yeah, that that was an awesome experience. I've seen a few movies there. And it really was a cool experience. And I know Regal and, and and stuff have been trying to copy the model to a degree, but they haven't hit it to the extent where AMC was. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, obviously, though, like for us, it makes more sense for us to go to Regal theaters because they're closer to us. And we have the real unlimited pass, so there's that too. But um, yeah, it's going to be a real shame just to see AMC go under if they do, and really just any movie theater. And um, I mean, I hope they don't. I hope they can get assist from you know the, the government stimulus package because I don't want theaters to disappear altogether. But that does raise another question, which. And I just found this fact out the other day. So the the box office, there was a box office report from last week, I think, what's today, Tuesday? So it was like yesterday. And it came from a sole drive-in movie theater in Florida. I, I, I didn't know drive-in movie theaters still really existed. I thought maybe there was a handful throughout the entire country, to be honest with you. I would, I would venture to say there probably are just a handful left in the country. I, we used to have one in Felton, Delaware, but it closed like four years ago. Yeah. I want to say maybe longer than that. Cause I remember seeing, it wasn't the last movies to be shown on there, but like, I remember seeing the first Transformers live action movie and Harry Potter in a, in a, um, 
in a, a double feature. And that was really cool. But yeah, so uh, apparently there's few and far between, but, um, you know, there's been articles making an argument for, hey, is this the resurgence of drive-in movie theaters? Because basically you're... It does keep you socially distanced. It does. And I mean... It's only... You're only really exposed to the people who are in your car. Exactly. And that's even... And and the thing, a lot of people may or may not know this. I, I'm sure our friends, at least my friends, know this about me. I have no issues going to the movies by myself. So, like, for someone like me, this would, having a drive-in movie theater would be great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would love to kind of sit in my truck and just kind of kick back. And <clears throat> I guess they would do the audio through the same way the old FM transmitters used to work with iPods um, Well, it's, before the advent of the digital media players and cars? No. Well, basically, uh, the one in Felton, all they did was they were just like, when you came in, there was a sign that said, turn your radio to this FM station. Yeah, and that's what I mean. They're using an FM transmitter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, you know, certain movies still, like you said, Interstellar, stuff stuff that's really highly special effects heavy and and sound immersive heavy i'm not so sure whether it would work to, i guess it really depend on the sound system in your car right but, but yeah, i mean I, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't hate that idea i wouldn't hate it either but again like i said like here's a good example um uh what's his the guy that directed the the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, I can't remember his Christopher name. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's new movie that comes out in July, Tenet. Yeah. Like, have you seen the trailer for that? I'm just like, yeah, you got to see that in IMAX. Yeah, you pretty much have to. Yeah. Because to. it's anything Christopher Nolan is always very visual heavy. Right. And it's very soundtrack heavy too. Even the Dark Knight was. Oh yeah. And yeah, for that, I'm not so so sure a drive-in movie for your first viewing is the best way to see it. But I know you're the same way as me. Certain movies that I really enjoyed or or those big milestone movies for me, I'll go back and see a couple more times in the theater. I'll do a couple more showings and. For a second or third showing, I would love to. I, I would much rather do a drive-in movie theater, right? Than you know, go into a theater by myself. And this always happens to me. You know, I'll get in a row by myself, and there's hardly anybody in the theater, and there's still that one person that wants to sit two seats away from you, right? And all, and it's like you know, the the five rows behind me are completely empty, <laughs> but. I guess that's probably why I like the digital release straight to home thing too. Because no, then I'm kind I, of kind of just isolated by myself watching it, enjoying it. Dude, I, I totally get it. Again, it's just you're in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. But uh let's move on to the movie news that we did pull for you guys this week. Uh First one, and I thought this was huge, and I'm really excited about this one. Sam Raimi, the legendary Sam Raimi, 
confirms that he will be directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So um, the guy they brought you, one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, is going to get to play with Doctor Strange in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. I'm so on board with this. And this is, I feel like this is right up his alley. If, as long as Disney will let him do what he wants to do for the most part, yeah, that 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 is the one drawback. Is they do kind of run a tighter ship around the movies because it's all connected, and they want the continuity and they, and they look for certain tones. Although I I think that might they might get a little more experimental with that now that the first saga is now over and we're moving to the next one, right? Um to have totally different movies. Um, I mean, they said originally Doctor the it, the Doctor Strange movie was going to be a horror movie, almost. Uh, I remember hearing that when they first announced that it was going to happen, that it was going to be Marvel's first horror movie. Um, and then Sam Raimi did Evil Dead. I mean, he's he's got the background to do it. And he's got the background to do it right. But here's the one thing that I'm dying to know. Who is Bruce Campbell going to be playing in that movie? Because he does put Bruce Campbell in all his movies. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. yeah. And can we get Bruce Campbell to a part that has staying power? Multiple movies. Multiple I would franchises. Love, I would love nothing more than to have Bruce Campbell be a reoccurring character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I, that would be amazing to me. Uh, so, a lot of people were really excited about that this week. Like I said, Spider-Man 2, it, to me, is probably one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Um, up there. So, I'm excited that they're giving him a chance to, to play in the cinematic universe now. Because, uh, honestly, it wouldn't exist without what's without what what he did in the early 2000s with that Spider-Man trilogy. I know we'd all like to forget three, but one and two were great. So. Oh, yeah. uh, So, Disney um, staying on uh, Marvel and and kind of some other Disney movie movies they have pushed a bunch of release dates um, back now because of the COVID-19 uh, virus and, and the social social isolation and the lockdown. Um, so what that means for us is some movies that we were gonna we were supposed to get this year uh, actually really soon have been pushed back, and movies for later in the year have been pushed to 2021. But I have to say, if you look at what we're getting in 2021 because of the fact that this stuff is pushed back, it's going to be a busy and great year for movies. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like uh, it, the it, amount that we're getting in 2021 is insane. 
Well, again, I, it really wouldn't have been like this if things weren't pushed back because of the pandemic. So in, in one way, it sucks. And in another way, you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, there's, you know, if we make it out of this, all right. You're kind of like, hey, this is cool that we had this lineup of movies going into the next year. Yeah, it's it's something to look forward to. And, and when it gets here, it's what a time to be alive. <laughs> right. But, yeah. uh, we'll start with uh, uh, Disney's live action Mulan that was supposed to come out. I think now it should have already been out, right? It was. I think it was supposed to come out next month in May. Yeah, that has been pushed to the twenty fourth of July. Um, it's still going to get your summer season. That mo- that movie's still going to make a ton of mo- ton of money, um, providing that we're all opened up and theaters are opened up by then. That date might be a little too premature and may still get pushed back. Uh, we're really not sure yet. Everything's up in the air with with that. Uh, Black Widow was moved to November 6th. Um, with that move, Black Widow, um, with Black Widow being moved to the 6th, the Eternal, the Eternals movie has, it's caused an entire shift of releases so the Eternals will not be coming out now until February 12th of 2021. Right. But that starts a crazy year of movies, at least from Disney and and, and Marvel. It, it's going to be a crazy year. You have the Eternals now coming out, like I said, the 12th of uh, February. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings got moved to uh, – May 7th of 2021. Morbius, which is actually through Sony, right? That, that's Sony's Spider-Man universe, kind of separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is the March 19th of 2021. Doctor Strange is, uh, has been pushed to November 5th of 2021. Spider-Man 3 got pushed to this, I think it's July 16th, 2021. And then finally, Thor um, got moved to February 28th of 2022. I think that was originally supposed to be the end of 2021, right? Uh, That one I'm not sure about. Uh, End of the Spider-Verse 2. Release is now set for April 8th, 2022. Black Panther 2 is May 6th, 2022. And just a couple months after that, Captain Marvel 2 on July 8th. So that's a pretty crazy uh, lineup. It's it's deep. It's definitely a deep. It's like every other month you're getting a major movie, pretty much. Yeah, so I mean, you're like once again, you're right when you're saying it's like uh, 2021 is a very busy year. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's all going to start this November, barring any more setbacks. Now this could all change again, depending on depending on how long movie theaters stay closed. But I'd have to imagine that we're going to be 
past the worst of this and probably somewhat normal by November. So hopefully these dates stick and that's going to be, that's going to start a great run. Um, with that Venom 2, got an official title and a uh, new release date. Vitam, There Will Be Carnage will come out on June 25th of 2021. Sorry, I forgot to mention that in the original lineup. Very fun. Um, are you excited for that at all? I like the first one. Um, I can't say my excitement level's through the roof for it. I'll definitely probably go see it. But coming off of That'll be coming right off of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm not so sure I'm going to be as excited because we're getting two brand new Marvel installments of of characters that have never been in Marvel before for the Eternals and Shang-Chi. So that's going to be – hopefully it's a really good movie, but I think it's kind of kind of get dismissed coming off of – those two massive Marvel movies coming out so close to each other only a few months before. Right. Uh, I, I honestly forgot. I thought I had seen the first one and uh, yeah, I, when it comes out, I guess I'll, I'll be there. I God, I, I honestly don't have any kind of excitement for that game or game for that movie. It happens. Um, next on our movie news, uh, Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge is now available to download. Kyle, I'm going to give that one to you because I really don't know anything about this. Uh, so basically, it's just it's an animated movie and it really just tell it tells the... If you've seen the original Mortal Kombat movie, think of it this way. It's like it's the same thing pretty much, but it just tells it from Scorpion's perspective, and the uh, story is just better. And it's a pretty quick movie because it's only like eighty minutes long. But is um, it live enjoyed, action or animated? No, it's animated. Okay, it's animated. Um, the movie—I mean, it gets into it about six, really six minutes into the movie. It's you're like, hey, this. Definitely a Mortal Kombat movie because it's violent as hell, and um, yeah, I thought it was good. I the 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 animation style was very reminiscent of the '90s cartoon, but uh, it you know it didn't really ruin the movie for me. So I think it's worth it's definitely worth checking out if you want to check it out. Yeah, I think I'm gonna put that on my list of something to watch within the next week. Uh, moving on from movie news, uh, official photos from Dune have been released. Uh, I was real excited to see this. Everything I've seen so far looks great. And Dune, I think, has always had one of those cult science fiction followings, science fiction slash fantasy followings. People who are really into Dune are super into it. Um, but I mean, they have a star-studded cast, uh, I think this movie is gonna is gonna hit pretty big when it does come out, and it's probably gonna draw in a whole based on just the 
just the actors and actresses that they've gotten involved in this project, I think it's going to bring in a lot of people that have never seen the original or are not familiar with the the whole lore of Dune. Right. Um, now, see, I I don't I I really don't know too much about Dune, so uh, I had to do some homework, but um. It the casting looks great for it, so it's a movie that I'm definitely looking forward to, and I'm intrigued by. I know Dune. George R. R. Martin said in an interview, the the guy who wrote Game of Thrones, as if I need to say that everybody knows who he is at this point. Um, the whole idea of houses and and family lineage and stuff like that really came out of the, came out of Frank Herbert's Dune which I think was written God, probably not too long after the Lord of the Rings was written. That's how long Dune has been around in a novel as a novelization. Right. I knew they were like books. There, there's at least seven that I can think of too. They only ever really made a movie out. I think the second, I think it's the second book is the movie. I don't know why they didn't start with the first one. Um, I've only read Frank Herbert's like that that book of Dune, but uh, I know that there's an entire there's an entire world built, and I think there's at least seven books having to do with that world, right across multiple timelines. Okay, but I do know that they're heavy, intense reads. They're kind of like Lord of the Rings. It's it's a very long read. Um, but I'm sure there's people really excited about that. Um, the photos are everywhere online, so I'm sure everybody's probably seen it. Um, as far as movies, is there anything you've been, you've watched uh, since the lockdown started? Uh, haven't. I don't think I've really been watching. I haven't sat down and really watched too many movies. I've more been watching, been catching up on like TV shows. Yeah, we. I finally got around to watching both of the Jumanji movies. Okay. Out of boredom. And I thought I was going to hate them, and I didn't. I was pleasantly surprised. Um. The Rock is The Rock, and in, in, I swear he's the same character in everything he ever does. It's I love The Rock, but there's not a lot of dynamic there. But uh, Jack Black acting like a a teenage girl, and then acting like Danny DeVito was great. Yeah, I I definitely I like the 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 sequel. I haven't watched a new one yet, but um, I'll probably try and get around to it at some point. Yeah, I did finally watch 1917. And after watching it, I really do think that movie should have won an Oscar. But they definitely kind of did a bait and switch on you when they advertised who was in the movie. Because, like, uh, Colin Firth was advertised as being in the movie as one of the leads, and he's in it for about 30 seconds. The same with Richard Madden, who plays Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. They advertised he was in it as a main character. It's the same thing. You only saw him for 30 seconds of the whole movie. 
Right. It was really just the two, the two soldiers. Well, that's so, what I figured. So and, I'm, and it was great. I love that kind of one shot photography that they did, or cinematography that they did with that. Yeah, I like the the one take. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't gotten around watching that either. So hopefully, I'll do that sooner than later. All right, well, let's move on to our last segment uh, today, which would be TV news. And there's really not a whole lot going on with TV because everybody is delayed, but we wanted to touch base on the stuff that's kind of a little more near and dear to us. Uh, first of all, uh, the CW era of our shows, um, all, the, all the series have been pushed back episode releases have been staggered i think as we're recording this tonight there was a new flash and there was a new legends of tomorrow um they're really kind of tight-lipped on how many new episodes they even have in the bank um and if they're going to air consecutively or not i think we're going to get some consecutive for a few weeks um but we do know all their finales have been held off indefinitely um and cw has actually been really tight-lipped about um when they're going to release if at all the season finales or wrap the seasons for these shows we do know that they're all coming back next year um or the net for the, another season but right yeah just kind of wreaking havoc because the, the way they shoot i guess is their their episodes are only shot, I think, maybe a month or so, if not a little bit less in advance of when it actually gets aired on TV. They don't do the Netflix model where they film the whole thing and then release it and stuff like that. It's done little by little throughout the year. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And uh, if we get any news, we'll post it to the Facebook page when we find out when that stuff is is going to happen. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the final season, is finally going to premiere on May 27th. That was actually supposed to premiere last summer and got pushed back almost an entire, e almost an entire calendar year. I know for me, I'm to the point where I got to go back and watch the last season because I don't even remember what the hell happened in it. I remember Colson came back from the dead as somebody else, but that's about all I remember from it. But that's, this will be the final season, and it's a shortened season. Right, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I, that, um, most of these TV shows I just haven't really caught up with because I was busy. Now I'm not busy, so it's kind of – I'll have to play the – you know, the catch-up game. Yeah. And, and it gets a little rough. Um, I know for me, I, I've been trying to take this opportunity to catch up on TV, which kind of leads in our last part of this segment is what we've been watching. Uh, first of all, I finally did catch up and watch all of season one of Picard. And I can say I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. Uh, I'm familiar with it. I did watch it. I do enjoy it, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fanboy. 
Um, I know people that are really into it, and that would really, by me calling myself a huge fan, would be a disservice to them. Um, but it was a really good season, um, really well written, and it, I mean, it's Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah, he pretty much owns anything he's ever in. Um, surprisingly, a lot of heart. Um, I did hear some stuff that it kind of retconned a few things from not only the next generation, but I think like Deep Space Nine and I think Voyager. Like it actually touched across different series, kind of taking in the whole universe. Um, right. But I would suggest uh, CBS All Access is actually made available the entire season for free to watch on their app. So if you haven't seen it and you didn't want to buy the CBS All Access app or, or get a membership for that, you can watch it for free on there. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool thing for them to do. No, it definitely is. Uh, and I know Kyle and I were talking about this earlier. We're both right now even though we probably have a backlog of other shows we want to get to, we've both been going back and rewatching the television show Fringe. I have no regrets. I have no, no regrets. I'm, I'm on season three right now. I, I'm right at the end of season one. Uh, and uh, I think over the next week, I'm going to be diving more into it and probably be done within – I'd say about two weeks because they're hour. Well, they're not hour long episodes. I think they're between 45 and 50 minutes or so. Right. Uh, but just a great television show. And, and I forgot how much, how much that show meant to me at that time and how much it actually still means to me. It's a I, great show. I mean, it, it you got to remember it was on the same time period as, as lost and everybody, you know, lost their, you know, were completely over the moon with that show and obsessed with it. But I'd have to say fringe is probably the best sci-fi show of the past 15 years that I've seen from beginning to end. I think that's definitely, de uh, excuse me, that's definitely debatable, but uh, no, I, I agree with you. I, at least for me, it is. It's definitely up there, if not the best one in like the last decade. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I've also been watching combination on Hulu. Uh, a lot of old episodes of Scrubs, especially when I've been uh, working from home. And for those who haven't seen it, there's a show on Hulu. It's actually from Canada. It's called Letter Kenny. It is definitely worth watching that show for a nice comedy that you can kind of turn your brain off. And it's, it doesn't tell it. It's not a sequential storyline. You can kind of jump in and watch any episode you want and, and you're not missing anything. But uh, I would definitely suggest that um, if anybody yeah, gets bored. Water Kenny is pretty good. Uh, Anything else you've been watching, Kyle? No, nah, just pretty much focusing on that for the most part. Uh, I did start to watch, but I got to get back to it. That dispatches from nowhere, which is um, how the guy from How I Met Your Mother and uh, 
uh, what was that other movie he did? Jason Siegel. Oh, okay. They actually yeah. shot it in Philadelphia. Did they? Yeah, the whole thing takes place and shot in it was shot in Philly. Um, it's on AMC, and oh, you can definitely tell it's an. You can tell it's an AMC show. They just have certain tones with their shows that you can, you can kind of identify. Right. And it's definitely interesting. Like the whole premise, but I don't think I'm far enough in to really give it a good evaluation yet. Because the whole kind of story hasn't been revealed. Right. And the entire plot, really, I don't think at this point has been fully revealed, but... Definitely, definitely worth it if you know you can watch it on demand or whatever limited commercials. I'm um, trying to check that out. The net Andre 3000's in that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Sally Field. Okay. Huh. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's an interesting show. It's a very interesting premise, but it's kind of <coughs> excuse me. My allergies have been going nuts lately. But it's definitely a, um, it's almost like a fringe or, or like some of those shows where you can't just watch an episode or two and understand the scope of the show and the plot and, and everything. You, it seems like one of those you got to stick with it and it could be a multiple season type of thing. Right. So, let's say okay. I just wanted to throw it out there. You know, I something to, interesting I came across. I had to definitely try and check that out. So that's all the news and, and insights that we have for you this week. But we just want to let you know that we are back and uh, kind of new format, new way of recording. So we're actually doing this via Zoom right now. Since we're social distancing, we obviously can't do what we used to and go over one of you know, go over one of each other's houses and record and, and stuff like that. But I know it's at least nice catching up too and actually being able to talk with nerd stuff because if I start talking about Fringe one more time to my wife, I'm pretty sure she's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, I think my girlfriend's kind of just like, that's nice. <laughs> so, and I just wanted to take a second and, and speaking of my wife, um, thank all the medical workers out there and the people that are kind of really stepping up to the front lines and uh, fighting COVID and, and keeping us all safe and everything. So I just wanted to give kind of a shout out and a thank you to them. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, they, they deserve all the love and praise and um, well wishes. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll be through this before too long. But for now, we can give you something to listen to for an hour or so every week that'll kind of get your mind off things and maybe some semblance of normalcy. Uh, remember to like the Facebook page. Um, we're going to operate it the same way we kind of used to operate our old podcast as far as news and all. We'll try and get everything to you guys um, as we see it. and. None of this, we got this covered bullshit. We, we never, only, never, we never. <laughs> yeah, we only use credible sources. Uh, and we try not to speculate. So subscribe to us to 
you know, hear the news and stuff like that. And with the advent of Zoom, we could, we actually have the possibility of getting some other guests on and, and maybe some people who have a little bit of a different insight into things than us. So hopefully we'll be able to explore those new things as we go with this. But uh, I think that's it for this week. So I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.